0: Welcome to your path to real wealth, where we explore how to cultivate real wealth, which is so much more than money. It's the sum quality of our values, relationships, health, sense of purpose, time, charitable, giving, legacy, and more. Your path to real wealth begins now.
1: Welcome to one of the show's hosts, Jeff Brimhall with Blue Barn Wealth. In this episode, we're going to learn about Jeff from Jeff. I'm Patrice Sikora and Jeff, we'll talk about your co-host later on. But right now, how did you choose this industry and this line of work?
2: It's a great question. So I didn't start out headed toward this line of work. My undergraduate degree was actually in civil engineering at Brigham Young University. And I graduated as an engineer and went to work for ExxonMobil in Houston, Texas, and worked there for a couple of years while I was there. I was exploring different i knew i wanted to get a graduate degree i didn't know exactly what i wanted to do and so i was exploring different degrees like law school etc getting an mba and i had received a national science foundation fellowship that would pay for an advanced degree that it was research-based and so that was a consideration because it's a great benefit and, and great opportunity and helped fund uh, graduate school for me and so in addition to those programs i also considered other ones, and uh, such as getting a PhD. And I was looking into something that was related to business and finance, because I've always loved numbers and math and investments, and so applied to various programs. And at the same time, my wife was applying to uh, medical school. And so we're trying to pick places where we could both apply and get accepted (laughs) and go to school with a young daughter uh, that we had and it was it was pretty complicated but i ended up doing a phd in economics at southern methodist university when i started i didn't know what i wanted to do when i finished but i knew that economics was broad enough that i could do lots of different things from teaching at a university to working in various industries working with government working with investments and so i started out not knowing where i wanted to end up and through that process i did some internships one in washington dc and i decided i wanted no part of that (laughs) And i also worked in with an investment firm uh, as an analyst and i thought that was very intriguing but i was missing out on the human interaction and so then i I got a scholarship to go to a, a financial planning, at a, actually National uh, NAPFA, National Association of Personal Financial Advisors Conference in San Antonio, Texas. And I went there and I, I loved it. And I loved the idea that I could not only do investments, but I could also help people uh, reach their long-term goals and, and be an influence for good in their life and help them get good, solid financial advice and not be taking advantage of as many people are in the financial services world. And so That started a path uh, for me at that point to, you know, develop the skills and have the experiences I needed uh, to become a financial advisor and get into, into this space. And so then from that point on, I had various, you know, opportunities for other internships and other work and, but it was all directed toward getting into this industry and becoming a financial advisor, a wealth manager, and being able to help individuals, families, and businesses accomplish their long-term goals through making good, solid financial investments.
1: That is certainly a circuitous route that you took. (laughs) Not (laughs) the typical one. No, no, and yet I'm surprised the more I talk to financial advisors, many of them have a background in engineering and they miss the personal interaction. And somehow that brings them all to finance.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I once got a scholarship as an undergrad writing a paper that's saying, that I wasn't your typical engineer. And some of that was this idea of wanting human human interaction. And, um, you know, enjoying the numbers and the math and the all that goes into that, but also, you know, having a personality wanting to interact with people and so forth.
1: Yeah. Well, who is your ideal client? Who do you want to work with?
2: That's a great question. There's so many wonderful people out there that we we'd love to work with. And what what we look for as a firm is purpose inspired people for us, we believe that wealth is more than just money and we want to help people accomplish, you know, their purpose in life. And so we look for people who have a purpose, who want to use their wealth to do good and uh, want to make a difference. And those are our ideal clients. We, you know, it's not a requirement to work with us by any means, but if we're talking about an ideal client, we'd love to work with people who, who want to do use their wealth to benefit their family, benefit the community and um, use it to do good. So
1: do you find yourself having to do education, client education, or do most of your clients come and say, I know what I want, and this is how I want to do it?
2: No, client education is a huge part of what we do. So my two partners and I, we all have experience teaching at the university level, and we all have PhDs. And, you know, education for us is critical. And, you know, clients come with all different levels of understanding about investments and about uh, different financial concepts. But uh, we believe very strongly in continuing to educate our clients. We want them to know why we're making a recommendation that we're making, why we're recommending a specific investment, how it fits into their overall portfolio. And so I, I think one of the greatest you know, services that we provide is to educate our clients. We specifically try to talk at their level and not try to make ourselves sound smarter or better or anything like that, because that's certainly not the case. We want uh, them to feel comfortable asking any questions that they have. And sometimes people feel like this sense of, I should know that already. I'm kind of embarrassed to ask, and I don't understand how that works. What is a mutual fund? How does it work? And and so we try to help people feel comfortable that they can ask any question and we'll help answer it and explain it to them in a way that makes sense. And uh, you know, so that's, it's not easy to do, but it's something we strive very hard to do is help people feel comfortable to ask whatever they need to know, and also to always be educating them on why we're making the recommendations we are.
1: Now you opened the door, you mentioned your, your uh, partners there. Tell me about your co-host. The other pre- people will be meeting later on in these podcasts.
2: Yeah. So Benjamin Cummings is a partner of mine and he'll be the co-host of, of the podcast. And uh, he has a great background and he'll be able to share it on a future episode. But he's done a lot of a lot of interviewing of hosts or guests and, and hosting uh, things like this. Uh, and uh, he also is the director of the master's program at Utah Valley University. Wow. Uh, Personal financial planning program. Very smart very gifted individual. My other partner is named Hiram Smith and he'll be, we'll have another episode where he can introduce himself, but uh, he has a PhD in personal financial planning as well, a CPA. And he's been doing this a long time. We work really well together. We feel like we complement each other really well. And for us, it's not like the clients are just clients of mine or Benjamin's or Hiram's, but they are clients of the firm and they get our best thought as we think about the clients. And so if I have a question or think that Hiram or Benjamin can help in some way, I reach out to them and we talk about specific clients and situations and it's it's a really great team and a team that we're looking to expand and bring on additional uh, advisors that can add value and complement you know the core so
1: and as you mentioned your partner's names you get a little smile on your face there you guys how far back do you go
2: 2017 fall of 2017 we merged together the three of us and so There's a long story behind it, which we we can (laughs) share on a different episode, but uh, it's been fun to come together and share all our ideas and grow this business and, um, you know, try to build something that's different, build something that provides unique uh, value proposition to clients and uh, where we feel like we can offer, you know, real value.
1: How do you acquire new clients? How do they come to you?
2: Well, uh, up to this point, it's primarily been word of mouth, referrals from other clients. We also uh, you know, have some associations with some uh, professional associations like the National Association of Personal Financial Advisors, NAPFA, where we get some referrals in the Financial Planning Association. I served for a couple of years as the president of the Utah chapter of the Financial Planning Association. and. Um, then the the chairman after that, and so through that association, others we get some referrals there. But primarily up to this point, it's been word of mouth, and we look forward to you know start with this podcast and other things to try to get the word out there because we believe that the more people hear about us, the more that we can help uh, them with their finances. So,
1: are you active in the community?
2: Definitely active in the community. We one of the things we believe not only that makes our life better, but our clients' life better is to give back and to be generous. And, you know, part of that is with our time. And so I I try to do that. I teach a little primary class at church, uh, some eight year olds, I was just teaching on Sunday (laughs) yesterday, and then uh, I'm a coach of a baseball team right now. And whenever I can, I try to coach uh, my own kids and other kids in the community. I've coached football and basketball and various things. It's a lot of fun for me to be involved and to help give back to the community.
1: Have you played those sports yourself?
2: Yeah, that was a big part of growing up for me was playing sports. And that was that was my hobby. And um, I played a year of college football at Weber State University and played in high school football, basketball and baseball. And only those three, because there was enough time to play others. But I I love sports, anything with a ball. uh, I love to play. I'm not that good at golf, which is surprising for for a financial advisor. But Mm -hmm. other than that, I try to compete in any other sport. So
1: well, golf aside, (laughs) when you're not working, what do you do for fun?
2: Wow. Uh, For me, the most fun that I have is spending time with my kids yesterday or on Saturday, I was able to take my 17 year old son to Lagoon with his choir group and see him have fun with his friends. And we sang a bunch of songs on the way up there. They were playing Hamilton in the car and singing. And on the way back, we're singing some other songs. And it was just for me, that's that's really, you know, fulfilling and very meaningful to me and a, a lot of fun. I had a great time. I've talked to him about it, you know, every day since like that was so fun son thank you for letting me be a part of that so
1: that's great do you have a a business philosophy that you bring to your work
2: well business philosophy i think um you know for our firm as a whole and for me specifically is to you know do what's best for our clients to put our clients first and to always be learning so that we can add uh you know add value and keep up on any updates or things that are going on but the whole philosophy behind everything we do is you know to put our clients first and to you know do what's in their best interest Mm
1: -hmm. is there one thing you recommend most to clients and even to family and friends too one thing
2: yeah i think the key thing for everyone our clients family friends is to have a plan like let's let's put a specific plan in place whether that's working with us or not but put a specific plan in place for your you know long-term future and that's not just with your finances but in general and that the more somebody has a plan in place the the much more likely they are to be successful and, and ultimately achieve that plan and so you know if, if any one piece of advice it would be to have, to you know put a plan in place
1: well speaking of a plan if you had all the money in the world what would you do
2: Wow. What a responsibility. Um, I think, you know, if I had all the money in the world, I'd I'd really want to give back and I'd look for opportunities to try to help people in the community and people in the world in general. Uh, There's so many uh, difficult things going on right now and people suffering all over the place. And I, I would, I would want to use that money to do good. Uh, At one point, we considered, you know, I I considered when I first started the company on my own, uh, before I partnered with my partners, I considered calling the company Force for Good Financial, because I wanted to create this uh, group of people who were doing good in the world, and they were a collective force for good in the world. And and if I had all the money in the world, that's what I would want to be as a true force for good at uh, making the world a better place and at alleviating you know, difficulties. Uh, obviously, just giving people money and not letting them earn it isn't uh, good for anybody, I don't think. I think people need to earn their own success, but for, figuring out ways to help them do that and facilitating that is, is certainly what I would try to do.
1: Jeff, having all the money in the world is quite the responsibility. You're absolutely right. Let's take that a step further. Tell me one thing most people don't know about you
2: oh so much Uh, i thought maybe um i've run two marathons that's something that people may not know about me
1: that's a great accomplishment
2: and uh, i mentioned that i played a year of college football but one thing people may not know is that i also tried out for an arena football team the dallas desperados i wasn't quite done playing football and i thought maybe i'll give it another shot and so um, I got down to the last 10 quarterbacks available and we had, they had us throw to some receivers and they said, okay, we'll give you a call, uh, if we're interested. And that was about 20 years ago and I'm still waiting for the call. Uh, to come in.
1: <laughs> Let me guess. I think you might give it a second thought right now, right?
2: No, no. If they called, I would go out and give it a shot, but
1: whoa,
2: I like to play football. It's a lot of fun
1: i guess you do i guess you do well what's your idea of success then getting out there and playing football for the desperados
2: no that would just be a fun thing and and a a good story to tell but i think you know my idea of success is to have a wife and kids who love me and enjoy spending time with me and to help as many people as i can to really become their best self and you know those two things are, are really how i would you know, wanna be remembered and, and how I would define success if I'm able to do those two things, so.
1: Well, then this rolls right into what's your proudest achievement. You sound like you've accomplished quite a bit, but what is your proudest moment?
2: Ooh, my proudest moment, I think, uh, for me, my proudest moment, it's not necessarily a moment per se, but the fact, you know, I have five kids and having those five kids and helping them develop their talents and reach their potential that's, you know, I think that's what brings me the most joy makes me the most proud.
1: And do you have a a motto or a mantra, something you say to yourself to stay focused and on track?
2: Yeah, it's, uh, I'm trying to come up with a shorter way to say it or like maybe (laughs) a catchphrase to say it. But it's a phrase that I've shared with with my family and, and that I try to implement myself and it's become who you were sent here to be. So I don't know how to make that shorter, but that's what I try to think. And, and how I try to approach life is become who you were sent here to be.
1: Tell me more about that.
2: Well, I just think, you know, I have a purpose in life. I think everybody has a purpose in life and uh, you know, we're, we're here for a reason to learn things, to help others, to develop ourselves. And I think that if I, you know, am intentional about how I live my life. And if I, you know, put forth the effort, that I can become you know who that is so I can I can accomplish my purpose and ultimately become who I was sent here to be
1: and in another episode we'll go more in depth into this but you also have a I don't know if this is the the logo or motto for you, for your firm but live within your meaning
2: yeah. So we were coming up with different tag lines and, you know, our tagline is enrich your life. So blue barn wealth, enrich your life. But one of them that we considered and that we also have trademarked and something that is, you know, is part of how we think about interacting with clients is this live within your meaning and kind of a play on words of live within your means. But we think if we can help people truly decide and, and capture and kind of document what's meaningful to them. hmm And we can help them be intentional and make decisions uh, that uh, allow them to live in a way that helps them accomplish what's most meaningful to them, that, you know, that's the greatest service that we can provide. So that after they've been a client of ours for however many years, they can look back and be like, wow, I've done the things that are most meaningful to me. And I've become the person that I want to be. And so live within your meaning is kind of capturing all of that in a, in a play on words that is helping people remember the bigger picture and the idea of first let's determine what is meaningful and then live in such a way that I become that.
1: How can listeners reach you, Jeff?
2: Lots of different ways. So we have, uh, you know, various social media sites from LinkedIn to um, Twitter to Facebook, Instagram, but you know, go to our website, www.bluebarnwealth.com. You can email us info at bluebarnwealth.com as a general inbox that you can email to. And we check that regularly and love to hear from uh, new prospects or people who want to reach out and work with us You can call us on the phone. Uh, our phone number is 801-466-4101. So lots of different ways to reach out and contact us. And there's even on our website, a get started button where you can click on that and start to fill out some information or reach out to you and get the process started so
1: jeff brimhall thank you very much we'll be talking again very soon listeners follow this podcast to make sure you know when a new episode is ready for you and of course please share with others i'm patrice sakura and let's talk again later
0: thank you for listening to your path to real wealth from blue barn wealth If you like what you heard, please share it with your friends and click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and any guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Blue Barn Wealth. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for personalized investment advice. Because everyone's situation is unique, always seek the advice of a qualified financial professional with any questions you may have.